the history of the word leader or leadership is to see one's own way. So I love Margaret Wheatley's definition of a leader, which is anyone who wants to serve at this moment in time or to help others at this moment in time. So for all of the people listening, you're all leaders. Like you're listening to this podcast. You want to be of service. You want to help others. You are a leader. Are you ready to master your mindset and your business? Join thousands of women each week who use this podcast as a tool to create financial and emotional wealth. And when you're ready to scale to the next level, visit theunstoppablewoman.com slash go. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Unstoppable Woman podcast. I'm Amira Alvarez. I am your host. I'm also the founder and CEO of the Unstoppable Woman. And I am excited to bring to you an amazing human, fabulous businesswoman, and a client of mine, Erica Mills Barnhart, as our guest today on the podcast. Welcome, Erica. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So why don't you, before we dive in, why don't mm -hmm. you tell our audience a little bit about you and your business, just in a nutshell, yeah. what, what is your business? You, how did you get into it? How has it evolved over time? Where were you when you started? Where are you now? What's your journey and trajectory been as a context for what it's like to grow a business and really scale? Yeah. So my business is called Claxon Communication. And I've been in business officially for 18 years. Um, and fundamentally, what I do is help my clients um, communicate with clarity and confidence. So that's purpose-driven leaders, their teams, and the organization um, that they work for. Um, you know, the, if I'm being honest, the seed for this company was planted when I was eight. And it was that was when I moved. So I was born in Vancouver, Canada. So just you'll hear me. I have a couple little glitches and how I speak. So that's my Canadian roots. Um, and we moved um, between grade two and grade three. Um, and I could only, I, I mean, I spoke English because we spoke English at home, but I had only, I was in French immersion. Um, so I could only read and write French. And so during that summer, I had to learn how to read and write English. And I think it just instilled in me at the subconscious level, um, just a deep appreciation for the importance of language, the role it plays vis-a-vis -vis identity connection, community, all of that. So it's always, it's always been dear to me. Language has always been dear to me. Communication has always been dear to me. Um, and that eventually, you know, I get asked this question a lot, partially from my students who are like, how did you get to do what you're doing? And I'm like, kind of happenstance a little bit. Um, so wait, let's pause and, right there. So we're talking about your business, but you just mentioned mm -hmm. your students. So why don't you fill the audience oh, yeah. in because you have this other hat that you wear where you're a teacher as well. Yeah, so I'm an associate teaching professor at the University of Washington um, in the Evans School of Public Policy and Governance. Um, so I sit in kind of this middle ground between policy, nonprofits, and leadership. Um, this year, I'm the faculty director for our executive program. So I'm working with um, leaders who are more advanced in their careers. So I wear that hat, which up until recently felt very other from some of my client work. Um, but thanks to working with you, Amira. Um, I I really now find it to be quite integrated. So, but I do, I hold that hat. Um, and I think it's important to draw that distinction because when I show up in a space as a professor that comes with its own set of privilege and power. Um, so my positional authority changes depending on where I find myself. And that's important, I think, to acknowledge. Yeah, so let's pause right there because that was a really important piece for you recently. I, I was looking mm -hmm. for the evolution and we'll get back to the evolution in your journey um, from, you know, you've been in business for 20 years. So yeah. there's been, a, am sure, a lot of evolution there. But let's talk about that piece because at, at UW, you wear this hat as professor and it's within the public policy and nonprofit world. And many of your clients, though not all of them, are in the nonprofit world. Mm -hmm. And you have a theme around communicate for good, right? That's, mm -hmm. a, that's like a that's crystallization of of your, your, you know, value add your, your, your mm -hmm. proposition for this world, but talk about how, how you recently integrated 
those two aspects of what you do, because for me, looking at it from the outside looking in, and I think this is the case for a lot of people. Like we get in the yeah. weeds for ourselves and from the outside looking in, I was like, well, you're doing nonprofits and policy here <laughs> in, in the <laughs> academic world and you're doing it here in your business. That makes perfect sense and is great synergy. What, what do you think the disconnect was for you? And what do you think crystallized and dropped in so that you could do more integration and have it be less of a going in two different directions, but more, this is who I am in the world? Yeah. I mean, it was a, I just want to acknowledge this was a huge energy leak for me. Like I, I really, I invest a lot of time and energy and keep things separate. Part of that, there's a practical consideration. The University of Washington is a public institution. So, you know, I, I'm really attentive to never using, because it's public resources. So when I'm on campus, any of that's public resources. So when I first started, I, I, I was like, must be a very bright line, must keep separate. <laughs> and I kind of just integrated that into my doing um, and, and how I was thinking about it. And it was really a couple of weeks ago when we were welcoming the new executive um, class cohort. And I was sitting there thinking, this is so flipping cool. <laughs> You know, like as a faculty director, I did teach, you know, so I taught about communicate for good and the energetics of language and other things we can get to. Um, but I love learning, you know, I'm just at my core. I just love learning. And I literally was sitting there looking at all these beautiful, brilliant, bright leaders and thinking, I get to sit here with these people, these amazing people and learn and get paid. And I just shifted gears to like, if I just thought of, I will still keep the bright line for legal reasons, but if I thought of them as a client, I would love this client. I would love this client. It's blessed work. You know, my whole docket is, is very blessed. And it was just Absolutely. really this, and you could feel it clunk in. It was actually kind of, kind of trippy. It like literally was like, <laughs> <laughs> well, and here's, the, here's the next level. And maybe you already got there, but they are your client. You, it's, it's just a different channel of income. The University mm -hmm. of Washington, you're not doing it without pay. They are paying you to show oh, up in your expertise for mm -hmm. your years and years of um, learning and yeah. authority that you carry. And, yeah. and it's just a different channel of payment. Yes. They're both clients, University of Washington, private, not, well, I shouldn't call them private. They're private clients that are nonprofits, but yeah, they both support it. And I realized I was getting resentful. And I'm like, oh, girl, you got to clean that up. That's not okay. Mm. That's truly not okay. So I, just, I had to do some digging, lots of journaling, lots of meditating to figure, to figure it out in a way that aligned with what I now refer to as my personal integrity system. Yeah. Um, so this idea of an internal compass, I've always been like, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, but for me, you know, I really think a lot these days and checking a lot was like, how is this in alignment with my personal integrity system? And being resentful wasn't. It was out yeah. of alignment. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and if, if you have been listening to the podcast for a while, you may recognize this voice because <laughs> Erica is also, as, as I mentioned, a client and she does uh, a program called Immersion with, with me and has very generously offered to let the coaching calls that we do um, be used on the podcast and we use them selectively and, and, you know, with cognizance of, you know, what's appropriate and what's private. But, um, yeah. thank you, Erica, again, oh, for you. letting the, the audience hear your journey. I think it's really, it's really powerful. So let's yeah. go back I to mean, something. I, I appreciate that because I think it is easy. I mean, I'm sure that we're going to talk about some of the success I've had largely because I was ready to do it and because of your, your counsel and guidance for which I'm like truly so deeply grateful. Um, and I think it's important not just to hear the like, Oh, I, you know, I achieved this, da, 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 da. like I, I had a lot of work to do. <laughs> and so I think it's only, it's only, you know, right to, to also daylight that and not have it be like, Oh no, I didn't have to go through all the drudgery that others do. I, I, mm -hmm, I did. It's important. 100%. I think it's really important. And that's one of the reasons why I loved, love adding the coaching uncut calls to the mm -hmm. podcast because it highlights the journey. That, mm -hmm. that, that here's the thing, Erica, without you getting a big head, but you can take it in also. Like you're <laughs> super smart, you're super driven, 
you're a hard worker. You've always been top of your game and you were hitting a wall. And I think it's really important for people to hear other really smart women who are driven, who are like, they're not like, they're not staring at their navel, right? They are, they are really going for it, hitting a wall and wondering, you know, for me, the language that I use and what was going on in my head, if you go back 10 years kind of thing was if I'm so smart and I'm such a hard worker and I have such a great product or service, in my case, it was a service, you know, why is this so hard? I'm a good person. Why is this so hard? I'm doing everything that I've been taught to do. And why is this so freaking hard? And there's that, there's an inner game journey there. And I think let's loop it back again, that, that piece where you're internally aligning, checking in with your compass, recognizing those resentments, all of that is part of this up-leveling that you're doing. And it's not that you've never done that before we started working together, because I'm sure you you did. However, it like adds this level of intensity, spotlight. um, It's awareness from a different level. I don't don't know. Why don't you say it in your own words instead of me saying it in my words? Because you're going through the the coaching side of things. Yeah. I think a lot of it is um, perspective. Just like it was, so, so if we go back, it, I, I meant to take a look at this before we chatted today, but I got to six figures in my business within two to three years. Like it, that was easy for me. And then I stayed there and I, you know, there were years I was more, you know, a little bit less. And then I added in UW and that was very easy for me. I think the, my volition to go to seven figures was this very quiet. Like, could I even want that? Could, you know, it was about self-worth. Like I'm going to just go, right. It was about self-worth and also like my addiction to things being hard, you know, like I'm just going to keep six figures hard. And I was like, why would I, one, why would I want to keep something hard that honestly is being pretty darn easy? And if I'm going to be working this hard, why not? Like, so I had to go through that. Like, who am I to want to make a hundred grand per month? Who am I? Can I be that person? Um, and I remember, and I would say like something shifted about a year. Yeah. About a year ago. And actually I did a five month review, which is when I went to the first summit this morning. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, that was oh, super fun. Please. Oh, can that you share a little fun. bit? Yeah. So, and, and then I was trying to like, well, five months. And I was like, no, I need to, this was about a year ago, but it was when I started listening to your podcast, Amira. And you oh, said a couple of things that I was like, Ooh, and, um, Looking back, I'm like, of course, like one was you, you, and you're great about this. You're like, my way works. If you were frustrated, well, that's on you for not doing things in my way works. And I was like, mm, we'll see about that. You know, like the professor in <laughs> me definitely came out like, mm, okay. Mm. But it was this, you know, and that's ego and that's entitlement. You know, I'm so smart, blah, 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 all this stuff. And then it was, it was really this little whisper. And, and I listened to, and I will not remember which podcast this was. The one where I was first introduced to this idea of like, make decisions as if you are the person that you want to, to be. And I was like, well, why not play with that? Let's just start there. And I just started doing that quietly, but I was still holding on to this resistance, right? I was like, I'm going to take all these nuggets, but I should be able to figure this out. So much should, just in an attentiveness to language. Should, 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 should. It was a total should show. And then <laughs> I went to the summit <laughs> Well, actually, I joined something because I've always had body image issues, you know, always kind of, you know, was addicted to being addicted to struggling with my weight. Even though, like, it's like a five to seven pound swing. Like, nobody else notices this. This is entirely self-created. Nobody else notices. (laughs) And so I, um, so I started, it was the first time that I'd really paid to have some, to be in community. And have somebody else guide me through shedding a belief that was no longer serving me. And this was a teeny investment. I was like $297. And I was like, yeah, I'm worth it. $297. Fast forward. That was January. Fast forward to um, May when I went to the summit and signed on for Spirit of Wealth, which is $25,000-ish, at least when I signed on it was, knowing you it's probably gone up. And then in the, and then I, what I found was a note that I, you know, I was going through my notes from that first summit that I attended and how revelatory it was for me and that I wanted to make a hundred K by April 1st, 2023. And I had oh, forgotten baby that. Oh, doll. I know. Isn't that great? <laughs> I, I'm laughing because I'm like, 
I, I won't ruin your punchline, but there's a punchline here. <laughs> there's a yeah. punch. Let's just go to the punchline, which is last month, which was September. I brought in 116,000 in new contracts. <laughs> Can we just pause? That So yeah. September 2022, let's talk about the podcast listeners have heard me say, we're going to close the gap on time. Mm-hmm. And how do you close the gap on time? Mm-hmm. And what does closing the gap on time look like? Mm-hmm. And my clients hear me say this all the time. And Erica set an intention. She put a date to it, April 2023. She started doing some more more intense work where I'm in in her business mm-hmm. very intensely in her mind, in her psyche, in her perspective, of, as you said, law of relativity here. And I am constantly like one of the things, and I'm sure you followed, <laughs> I don't know exactly which podcast we've put out because I can't track all of our calls to what we released, but there have been consistent conversation around, okay, well, that's good, but why are you waiting? Why don't mm-hmm. you call them today? Why don't you call them yeah. right after this call? Why don't you do this? Mm-hmm. And and we've done that in your communication. We've done that in your your entire sales cycle, pretty much yes. from soup yes. to nuts. And we yes. keep doing that. It's not, it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't stop. Like we're constantly doing that. And, and that's what I think is kind of amazing about this work is like, you've done so much closing the gap on time, learning that. And still like, even last week when we were talking, you know, there was like a, okay, we can still close the gap here. And, and we, it just takes a hot minute to like become mm-hmm. someone who does that automatically. Yeah. And truth and transparency, I catch myself all the time on, okay, well, I, I oh, why am I, why am I putting that off? I can do that right now. I can and do that right now. Kind of drives my team a little crazy because I'm, I'm very speedy, but um, they're all used to it now. Okay. So I want to go back. Let's just emphasize, I need to say that again. April 2023, I want to be making uh, 100K a month. This last month, you did close contracts of 116K. We're still working on getting those to be like, there's a building of recurring revenue that has to happen here. Um, That's the next phase, but that's totally freaking outstanding. Congratulations. I'm I'm super proud of you. Super proud. Let's go back to a couple things. You, you said, I want to go back to the energetics of language. I want to go mm-hmm. back to my way works, um, your way doesn't, and make decisions from where you want to be. So let's do the my way works, your way doesn't. Because I do say that, and it was something that I heard someone else say. I heard my mentor, m- my mentor's mentor, recount a story of someone telling that to him. So this is now uh, three three generations back, okay? And I, I, when I heard that, I was like, yep, you know what? That's true. My way wasn't working. And I didn't hear that before I started to go in a different way, but I heard it later. And then I was like, that's exactly true. That's exactly like when I back engineer my experience, I realized that I was part of the, the, the work that I teach in terms of subconscious programming and your belief mm-hmm. structure and how mm-hmm. that defines how you see the world is that you you keep doing the same thing again and again and again because you believe that that is how you get success. That's how you win. That's how you get the, the atta girls. And yet that's what you got to get a good grade in school or from your parents mm-hmm. or whatever. But it wasn't, it isn't actually what gets you the success you're looking for right now. Some things aren't mutually excuse, exclusive, but my way wasn't was really not working. I had to look at my results. And so sometimes yeah, when I hear that. Results. That's the word that finally Brian dropped in for you. Yeah. That dropped yeah. in. I was like, oh, because you, you phrased it some variation of like, are you getting the results you want? And so I hadn't set my intention around, you know, growing a seven figure business when you first said your way isn't working. And I was like, but there was just, there was a niggle, right? It introduces mm. like, isn't and then I was sort of like, well, girl, your way is working to steady state at six figures, but you desire more. And so I really had to make peace with, it's okay. It's okay to desire more. That actually is, you know, more life is the order of things. And mm-hmm. then, and then I, and then I could hear like, are you getting the results I want? And my answer was no, because now I had set that intention, that desire. And so it just, it dropped in completely different like that time around. 
Yeah. Let's talk about desire more and your uh, frame for your company, communicate for good, and the energetics of language. Because I think all three of those things are really interrelated. Mm-hmm. So my my stance on like, we're, we're all here for more life, for growth, for expansion. And many of your clients are here to help other people. And mm-hmm. I see it as helping other people expand and have more life and, and like your desire for more helps them have more. That's how I see it. How do you see it? Well, now I see it that way as well, but I will say not so very long ago, I was like, "Mm, is that, you know, is that true? Is that authentic? Is that blah, blah, blah. And it just really took a ton of the subconscious dismantling of beliefs a lot, a lot. Like I can't emphasize for listeners enough. You have to do the inner game. You, you can't just do the outer game. I tried that because <laughs> I'm real good at that. That's just, it's just not the way it works. And once I started really sitting with, you know, accepting at a deeper level, like I don't know why, but I am uniquely qualified and really good at helping my clients communicate in a way that gets them the results they want. Whatever those results, you know, for my clients, that looks like as a leader, really stepping into your leadership in a way where you can consistently lead your team in integrity with who you are as a human, right? And at the organizational level, I do a lot of work. I call them identity statements, mission, vision, values, purpose. So I have a really unique formula um, that I use for that. Um, Proprietary that I've developed because I'm a nerd and I do research. And so we bring that all together. Yeah. Um, That's so what it's makes all about you so powerful. I love that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm super dorky. Because <laughs> you've actually you've actually done the research. You've actually done the heavy lifting and the work to see what works, yeah. what doesn't work. And then what I'm hearing you say is that you translate it into mm-hmm. a process that people, particularly the leaders, but you also work with entire teams. Yeah. Um, that that they can integrate, mm-hmm. you facilitate that integration so that they yeah. can then really drop in and be clear. Is that yeah? Do I have that correct? Yeah, I mean, clarity is clarity is key. You need and and it's interesting to think. You know, I think about my work. Like my idea of a good time last night, I was like rereading Margaret Wheatley's book on leadership and the new science. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Chaos theory and quantum physics applied to organizational structures. So she thinks about systems a lot. And, you know, what I'm trying to do, what my way of creating a, a structure, right? So you want to create enough structure for yourself, for your team, for the organization, so that then they can have autonomy. And that's really counter to a lot of the academic literature, which makes its way into, you know, unbeknownst to most of us, a lot of it is, is translated into our beliefs about what leadership should be, what management should be, what organizational culture should be. So it's, you know, it's a little counterculture. <laughs> and it makes more sense. Yeah. When people come to you, two questions on that. When people mm-hmm. come to you, what do they think they need help mm-hmm. with? Mm-hmm. And what do they really need help with? Like, where do you meet them? Meet them where mm-hmm. they are. And then yep. what do you really help them with? Because that autonomy piece, I'm, I'm sure that if, uh, I mean, it, it, you work with smart, intelligent people yep. that I if you explain it. driven high achievers. Yep. Yeah. So they'll get it once you explain it to them, but I'm sure they don't come to you saying, our team really needs more economy or or more autonomy. They probably come to you saying what? Like our team, we're wasting money on communication or or, give me that. They are wasting wasting time and money, which Mm -hmm. are, you know, time is money, all of that. And they're frustrated. Do they know that they're wasting time and money? Yes. Okay. They know that they're wasting time and money. They can't articulate the specifics of that. They, when, when I get on the phone with somebody, they're usually really frustrated and they don't feel like they can handle them. They've tried. Generally, they have tried to solve whatever the problem is to get better results. And so they're frustrated. They know something needs to change and it's difficult for them to articulate exactly what that is. But that looks a lot like we're not bringing in enough revenue. This is, mm-hmm. you know, classic one, like where we didn't meet our fundraising goals. We didn't meet our revenue goals. We think this might have to do with how we're communicating externally. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then through, you know, sort of through a series of questions, 
what they realize is the way that you communicate externally cannot be unhinged from how you communicate internally and with each other. The way you do one thing is the way you do everything. (laughs) Exactly. But it's really interesting how, and this is, this is sort of, um, this is old school science, right? This is Newtonian and Cartesian. Um, And again, listeners would be like, is it really? I'm like, yes, yes, it is. It's very mechanistic. The way that we are taught to think about things in a business context, in an organizational context, is to separate the personal from the professional, to separate mm-hmm. the internal from the external, because it's it's tidy, right? And this is our subconscious trying to keep us safe. Right? Oh, one moment, like, interjection, coach interjection here. Oh, look at how you were doing that with GW and your own business, this tidy yeah. instead oh, yeah. of, I'm just the authority around this in mm-hmm. in both I situations. so hard. Yeah. And it's, yeah. and it takes a lot of energy, right? And so mm-hmm. I, w- I want to, if you're okay with it, I want to talk about the energetics of language just because it feels Yeah, let's related. bring it in. I love that. So, so this is, again, we try to like keep them separate. So, you know, you hear the term words matter, right? All the time, kind of cliche. What, what is missed is words matter because they actually are matter. Just like mm-hmm. the, you know, the phone that somebody is listening to this on and the earbuds they abide by the laws of thermodynamics and physics. Ditto for words. They actually have, each word has its own energy. And once you get that, like it has its own energy. And think of, I mean, so you can juxtapose the word it's juxtapose. So good, the word Erica. The. Let's pause there for a second. I just need to interject. <laughs> that is so good. Like my whole body went, <laughs> you know, like tingled when you said that. So I'm going to share something from my childhood, which... I don't know that I've ever shared with anyone, but maybe I have. I don't recall. I Not words, but numbers. Uh-huh. I, when I used to do math, I, would, I knew that the numbers had feelings, had mm-hmm. energy, had, mm-hmm. had personality and different character traits. And I remember just being so plugged into that when I was – learning math, doing math, playing with math. So anyways, I, 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 when you said that, that all came flash, you know, flooding back yeah. to me. And yeah, it's it's absolutely, language, language has energy, 100%. It has energy. Yeah. And so once you kind of get that, then you're like, oh, from a communication perspective, my work is to channel that energy towards the outcomes that I hope to achieve. Mm-hmm. So then you need other ways to do that. So when I work, you know, so when I work with clients, we're going to work the Claxon method. You know, what is what what outcomes do you want to achieve? Who do you need to engage? How are you going to do it? So it's the what backed up by like what's the outcome and why does that matter to you? Mm-hmm. And then the who, right? And you have to get in their mind and heart to figure it out. And then it's the how, which I had so I created that method, which I call cleverly the Claxon method. 15 years ago or something to like kind of give a little more structure to my client work. And so it was so interesting to me when I started working with you and I was hearing more about the universal laws, this idea of like, start with the what and the why, but don't worry about the how. Don't worry about the how, right? And I was like, oh, that's intriguing. <laughs> turns, out, <laughs> turns out I've been teaching that for years, but in a different context. And then the other one, which I use a lot with teams is I call this communicate IO, where the I is the inputs and the O is the outcomes. So it's it's a it's a, a, a slightly different way of coming at it. But one of the big misses around so now you're you're channeling the energy toward the outcomes outcome that you desire. We are trained, we are socialized to think about what we want people to know and do, especially as leaders. So especially as leaders, know and do. And we just, and again, conveniently in the organizational or business space, we're like, the feelings don't matter. The feelings are not welcome here. And I forget who said it, but like, we are feeling beings that think. We are not thinking beings that feel. That's just not how it works. (laughs) And so when I start working with my clients, especially in one-on-one coaching, you know, first I'm going to explain the energetic language because that's the baseline of it. And then it's like, in every conversation, every email, every Slack message, how do you need or want them to feel in order to be open to knowing and doing? Like yeah, you have I love to start it. there. And that's, that it. is, I would say, the most overlooked thing. And just to answer a question that some listeners may have, are, are my clients dubious at first? Oh, yes, they are. <laughs> but yeah. also they're at a place where they're, they're like, well, I'm not getting the results I want, so I yeah. guess I'll give it a go. And I had a client that I was working with last week who said, we have been grappling with this 
for months and months and months and got nowhere. And she said, we have been talking to you for 37 minutes and we have more clarity in 37 minutes than we've had in just months. It's like all of this stuff is very, very simple. So to go back to your, like I do, I translate. Like a lot yeah, of mine is- I love it. Yeah. A lot of my work is translating because I feel like everybody should have access to this knowing. A hundred percent. So here's one of the things that I know about how people- can be compensated at a higher level. So you've heard me talk about the law of compensation and the law of compensation says you'll be compensated according for, to the problem that you solve, the, the meaning, the need for what you do, your ability mm -hmm. to do it. You've got that 20 years of experience and mm -hmm. the difficulty in replacing you. One of the things that you've done recently is really claim that the it's not like you never knew that your process was unique, but you didn't you didn't own it in no, that, I didn't. that way. And and I think that what I'm hearing you say is, you know, especially in that, you know, example of more clarity in 37 minutes, is that your clients come in looking for communication hacks, looking for mm -hmm. how do we how do we bring in the revenue and speak to our funders and we're not doing what we need to do as an organization. And yet the true problem that you solve, which is actually a bigger problem and a more human problem, is how to communicate your humanity. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you, not, not just as yeah. an organization, you need that organizational humanity, yeah. but how to communicate your humanity as a leader, as an individual. Yeah. And that that is priceless and that is completely a unique way of going about communication strategy, right? Yeah. Like think about the energy yeah. of what yeah. I just said, communication strategy. Uh, it gives me yeah. like this, uh, you know, like this compressed, <laughs> constrained thing. Yeah. Like, uh, like I can't, I can't be myself. And yeah. what I'm and hearing you say that. is that you allow people team members and leaders to and organizations all mm -hmm. three levels to really be mm -hmm. themselves and when they are themselves guess what they get to implement they get to be the recipient of the law of compensation because then yeah. they are in that part 3 the unique ability right that the difficulty yeah. in replacing them comes from that uniqueness so you're doing it in that unique way. And then yeah. they're able to do it in that unique way, which is a beautiful cycle of compensation there, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly it. So etymologically speaking, so the history of the word leader or leadership technically is to see one's own way, hmm. to see one's own way. And I would just offer, so I love Margaret Wheatley's definition of a leader, which is anyone who wants to serve at this moment in time or to help others at this moment in time. So for all of the people listening, you're all leaders. Like you're listening to this podcast. You want to be of service. You want to help others. You are a leader at this moment in time. And that's really important because it also mm -hmm. means we can go through phases of life where we just need to sort of, you know, retract a little bit. And so where I start with, you know, all my one-on-one -on -one clients, my leader clients is, are you seeing your own way? And now let's yeah. get practical because a lot of this can sound like, whoa, and it is. I mean, you know, it's metaphysical and quantum physics and a bunch of stuff. Are you clear on what your values are? It's surprising how much we flit over that because your values in an organizational context, that becomes ethics, right? We still use the term values, technically ethics. And so if you're not clear for yourself, I mean, this is like the fundamental piece to the, Ooh. you know, personal integrity system. What three values do you hold so dear? And that level of direction, like I'm very directive, like when we're going to write sentences, we're not going to write sentences. We're going to start with your verb for your mission. Just the verb, right? Because verbs are action words. So it's very directive in this way. And again, it's based on research um, and what works. So like just starting there, you know, for, for anyone listening, are you really clear on what three values, if you get more, it's not as useful as a decision-making tool. And ultimately that's what this is about. How are you going to make decisions in the world? How are you going to make decisions about your business? Yes, of course. But how are you going to make decisions in your life as it relates to your family? I have two kids, two teenagers who I adore. And I really try to, I try to hold these dear in my decision-making with them. 
Can you give a, an example of three verbs that a company that you've worked with or a not-for-profit that you've worked with yeah. has used as a guiding principle? So in general, a value will be a noun. Oh, it can be okay. a verb, but in general, it's going to be a noun. Your verbs okay. come in because that's the change that you're committed to creating in the world. So this is how you're going to do it consistently, that your values are how. Um, this is what you're going to do, your mission. And then your purpose is your why. Okay. So let me talk about values. What would be an example of the three values? Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you mine. Uh, mine are generosity, creativity, and knowledge. Generosity, creativity, and knowledge. Um, and listeners can probably reverse engineer into this, right? Mm -hmm. Like not knowledge to hoard it, knowledge to share it, knowledge because mm -hmm. I believe when we are generous in sharing what we know and what mm -hmm. we see in the world and how we experience the world, that everything becomes better. And so when I'm making, like um, if folks go on my website, so if you go to Claxon, C-L-A-X-O-N-communication, no S, dot com, there's a bunch of resources. Like there's something called the Wordifier. And this is a tool you can put in any word you want, and it's going to tell you whether or not it's not used very much, used somewhat, and, and like totally overused. The way this becomes practical is because our brains love novelty. They notice new things. And so really, a communicate. this is a communication hack based on, so if you're like trying to write something, you can go and use this. It's based on, we pulled every word off 2,503 nonprofit websites because that gave us, allowed us to have a confidence confidence interval of 95% so we could generalize it to the entire nonprofit sector in the United States. I said I was dorky, right? But we wanted it at that level. And what this allows you to do is find words that are going to get through the particular activating system in the brain, which is basically the gatekeeper to like, is this word? Should I pay attention to it or not? We don't pay attention. We, uh, we would be so overwhelmed and like not create impact if we were always noticing the and 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 or and all of these kind of like very overused words. But then from a verb perspective, if you find yourself, dear listener, using the verb provide, that's a lazy verb. That is the fourth most used verb. That means no one's going to notice your verb. And it means they're not going to be attentive in the way that you want them to, to the change that you're creating in the world, because that's your invitation to them, right? So lots of listeners are entrepreneurs and female business owners, right? Like, what's the change that you're creating in the world? And what verb really captures that? Yeah, let's right? so own it, like, right? So it's, you know, I mean, I think that's one of the things that I get, you know, that I hear from my clients is toggling between this like big, geeky, academic research mm -hmm. piece of what I do. And then also we're going to like get, get on into it, right? yeah. get on into it. But I go, and also like the Wordifier is a very creative way to be sharing that huge body of research. And that was intentional. Right? Because if it feels scary, we're not going to do it. So I put a lot, like I have something called the one, two, three marketing tree, like every tool that we have feels approachable. And that's where the, the knowledge, the generosity and the creativity comes together. That's great. Together. I love it. I love it. Yeah. One of the things that I was uh, thinking about in terms of, you know, you said values were ethics within a company, a within a not-for-profit. Not um, Actually, any organizational system. Okay. Thank you. There's a link there for me between ethics and ethos. And and then I started to riff in my head as you were talking. Sorry, I went a different place in my head um, around okay. etymology because you talked about the etymology mm -hmm. of the word leader. And how much of your time have you spent studying etymology and how much of that comes into the practice that you have around communication? Anytime I'm working with a client, we're going to talk about etymology. It's a beautiful practice. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like, literally, you go to etymology.com. It's not like I have like the keys to some secret source. <laughs> and the reason that that is helpful is because it will give you different insights about words. I mean, that one about leadership is a classic example to me, but it's a starting place. And I'm transparent with my clients. Like, I'm going to look up the history of the word. I think you also, you know, all of my clients really care about diversity, equity, inclusion. They're on that journey. Um, I tend to work with white-led organizations, not exclusively, but a lot of it. So you have to acknowledge, like, who, who was defining the words. 
someone is defining the words. So just be attentive to translating them for yourself in, in your context, again, using your personal <laughs> integrity system. Um, just you know, noticing where they come from, but still the history of a word can give you an entirely different appreciation for it. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting to, and I invite clients to do it. So I'll do it a couple of times and then share and then invite them to do it when they're getting closer to it. So I, so I always create a purpose statement with the leaders um, that I work with. And that's your values and the change you want to see in the world. And that's, it guides you in, in your leadership and in life. Yeah. Um, so when they're getting it. down to it, we're going to look at the history of the keywords in that sentence, not the function words, not the and or buts, right? But like your verb, your key verb, right? Because, um, it, it, and this gets back to Amir, like energy, right? So that this is the energy, this is why the energetics language is important 100%. to keep coming back to. Because that, that energy of that word has may have shifted over time. Like, let's stick with leadership. The idea that, that leadership was about other people did not come into the definition until the 1940s, until management, academic management literature um, started proliferating. And then all of a sudden, leadership is more about and leading is about other people. And I feel like we kind of, the pendulum swung. Marshall Gans has this beautiful thing called the, the public narrative, if you're familiar with it. It's actually a, a riff on the Hillel principles. So he, he invites leaders to write the story of self, the story of us, the story of now. Why me? Why us? Why now? Would be maybe familiar to some listeners. And so, you know, if you're going to be doing that work, right, then that, that, I love that, 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 that structure and that context because then you're holding. Why me? Why us? But, but I, got, I have to take care of me first. And I have to mm. know that I can show up for the others. And I see this especially with female leaders who are so in service and female entrepreneurs in service to others. This can be your kids. This can be your partner, right? That you lose so yourself. There. Let's, I've let's done this interject. Too. Let's investigate that a little bit. So mm-hmm. how do you do this for yourself? Let's make the meta, mm-hmm. the, the theoretical personal. Yeah. I think it's really important, like you said at the that beginning is. of the, the episode, that that part of your sharing on on my podcast and doing the coaching on cut was to pull back the curtains uh-huh. on on it's not just the after picture but there's a journey and you have this value of generosity so let's go there like yeah. how have you how have you done that for yourself give us just one thing that that has been really impactful for you in the mornings i take care of myself first before i take care of my kids what does that so look like, like even specifically? The, yeah, even the, so it looks, I joke like my morning ritual is very like privileged middle-aged white woman. You know, there's like candles and there's a journal and there's sometimes meditation and there's working out. And I used to, and part of this is the age of my kids. I have a son who's in grade nine and a daughter who is in grade 12. She just turned 18. So they don't need me in the same way, um, but I still need to make a lunch or I still make my son a lunch most of the time. Um, and in the past, I would have, I would not have been able to sit with myself and take mm. care of myself if that was not done first. Yeah. So it's really like little things like that. Um, you know, he's not going to starve if he doesn't get his sandwich, <laughs> <laughs> right? He's going to figure out a way. <laughs> um, but in the past, I, the, the order of that would have been different. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay, before I ask my final questions, where can people find you if they know someone with a nonprofit that they want to connect you with, or actually are on the board of a nonprofit, or or simply want some help with their communication and being a good yeah. leader and, yep. and communicating well? Where can they find you? What's the best way? The best spot is um, our website. So Claxon dash communication.com, C-L-A-X-O-N dash communication, no com. You can find me on LinkedIn, which uh, my handle is Erica Mills Barn um, on LinkedIn. Um, I post a lot. I'm pretty hyper-focused on LinkedIn as a way to connect and serve. Um, and I have a podcast, Communicate for Good, which you can find anywhere you enjoy listening to your podcast. Um, just search Communicate for Good and you'll find that. So those are awesome. the, the three big ways. And I'll just say, Yes, I work a lot with nonprofits, but making the world a better place is not the purview solely of nonprofits. I work with Microsoft and White Pages and construction companies. And it's not for me to say um, 
who's making the world a better place and how? Well, that is the perfect segue to my next question, Erica. So I'm going to interrupt you so that you can have the mic for a little bit longer here. What do you wish for the world? Give that, give that to us in a beautiful little nugget. What do I wish for the world? You know, my purpose is to unleash the power of words. It's not complicated, but it guides me. And what I wish for everyone is what I see happen with my clients when they fully embrace all of these things that we've talked about. They're just, they're able to move faster with more confidence, more, more clarity, more grace, more ease, more joy. Like there is a, a lightning up, like not lightning, like a lightning rod, but a, a <laughs> you know, a lightning that I see when I check back in with them, it, it is the speed at which they are able to create their impact that I love for them and I love for the world. I wish that for everybody, you know, like uh, what I do isn't rocket science. I, I, that's not the direction I went in. Like most communication challenges are, if not fixable, they are addressable. You just have to be open to thinking about communication and doing it a little bit differently, but they really are. And so knowing that really keeps me motivated because, you know, the work that you know, folks are doing the world is so important. It's important right now in particular. So it's just more of that for everybody. I love it. I love it. And I would love to sort of just underscore, it might not be rocket science, but many people don't know how to do it. And yeah. you do. And that's your one of your, your big gifts and the, the way you are generous in this world. So, so tell me, what makes you an unstoppable woman? <laughs> You know, a, a pretty clear vision of what uh, I have a good understanding of what I am uniquely good at and the way that I can offer that in the world. And just continually staying connected to that and tapping into it. And also, say, having a community like the Spirit of Wealth, like Inner Circle, like getting the support for myself has absolutely, uh, I was going to say 100%, but then we get into percentages. And then I was like, is it just 100%? Um, <laughs> help me be unstoppable, right? Like when I am stopping, that community is like, let's not do that, <laughs> right? But in a really loving way. So I would say that that um, that support, but my clarity of vision, and I, I really, I believe that I can that I can set any goal that I achieve at this point. I love it. I love it. So a few final reflections before we officially wrap up here. I want to affirm, not that you need it, but I want to affirm your value statements. And or your value words and how you truly live them in, in how you show up. The generosity is abundantly clear. The knowledge, like I can just hear, like if we had six hours to sit here and chat, you would just keep teaching and like, you'd be like, and there's this and there's this, right? I, I have that same thing. And I, I, I love that because giving is that first love of receiving and, and when you're late, people give in so many different ways, but when you can map the knowledge with the generosity, it's a really powerful one. And the other thing that I want to really, uh, affirm for you and share is, is the level of, it was interesting to hear you share the, while you were listening to the podcast before I had even met you, you, you know, I, you know, what's interesting about the podcast is there's all these people that are listening that I've never no met and no I have no happening. idea what's going yeah. on in their life, their yeah. minds, yeah. except I know that they were probably, if they're attracted to this work, they were probably where I was at years ago and that they're going through some sort of similar journey. And, uh, you've just affirmed that for me. And I, I just want to underscore that that what you shared there was such a great reflection that that of, of that journey of like I'm fascinated by this but like kind of a little bit arms crossed I'm not so oh, 100% sure about my like, arms were crossed yeah like I'm not I you know that's different that's not really how it works and then you got out of your own way and yeah. to me this is one of the things that makes you truly unstoppable is that you learn that like Oh, that's ego. That's that's commitment to the struggle, addiction to the struggle. That is staying in the heart. What if I did do it differently? What would that look like? And then you actually did start making decisions from the place you yeah, wanted to yeah, be yeah. and stayed in persistence with that despite the discomfort. And 
you've completely, I mean, well, let me not say completely because we're always on a journey, but you've really turned that around in terms of how quickly you receive new information and put it back out there on the field of play. And I, I want to underscore that for you, Thank that you. that's one of your, I just see that in you. That's one of your talents you. and it's, and it's, uh, really serving you well. And I think it well, life is much quite yummier when one gets out of their own way. <laughs> it might be a little bit scary on the growth edge, but oh, it's, yeah, yeah. but it's much more enlivening, right? You have more vitality when you're there. So yeah. Yeah. And, and more sense. calm, more calm, Yeah, which the juxtaposition is, um, interesting, like more vitality and I'm more calm. I was going to wrap up, but lovely. we cannot wrap up just leaving that as an open dangly hook. I, I want to just say yes, a hundred thousand trillion million percent to that statement because mm-hmm. like that, that law of compensation, right? You're compensating according to the need for what you do, your ability to do it in the difficulty in replacing you. That third bit is the l- lack of suppression of who you truly are, mm-hmm. the full expression of it. When you get out of your own way, you start expressing yourself. That feels so much better when yeah. you when you're not in conflict with yourself, you're like, yeah. ah. And in order to not be in conflict with yourself, in order to have that release, that expression, there is scary work on your growth edge that needs to scary. be done, yeah. right? And and yeah. that's yeah. the that's the thing that that it, if you can get those two things happening mm. in an iteration cycle that's very short. If the window between those mm-hmm. things is tightened up, then you're, you start seeing, you start that feedback loop and you can see, ah, being that, like that edge that's a little scary is also allowing me to step into the fullness of who I am and be fully expressed. And you keep doing that. You, you start getting it that this is the way, this is the, the, yep. the how. So, yeah. And that's the, so, you know, retraining the subconscious mind. Um, to believe those things. And I, I just want to speak directly to any listeners who are like, well, that's fine that you did it, Erica, but Amir has said that you are capable of these things. Like you can do it too. You really, yeah. really can. And just be clear on what, you know, mine was a hundred thousand per month. It, that doesn't need to be your thing, but whatever your thing is, you can totally do it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much for thank joining you, us. For thank everything. you. Oh, you're yeah. welcome. Thank you for your generosity, your spirit, and your your nuggets today. And thank you, loyal listeners, for listening. Please like, please comment, please subscribe, please let us know if you have questions about anything Erica said. And we'll catch you next time in our next episode. Take care and have an unstoppable day. Bye.